What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. As always, I'm your boy, James Jackson, joined by my two guys, our residential statistician, Stat Matt Robinson. And coming back from his little hiatus, his break, our guy Kyle Sirik back at home now, not at Pitt anymore. His finals are done, bro. I know that's I know that's a relief off the plate there. Huge relief. The grades are coming back now, too. Also becoming a relief. I'm doing well, so that's nice. But the Love biggest relief it. has to be James can no longer roast my room. So I'm, yeah, I'm I can't. Paying. I can't see you. You you look here in the living room or the great room over there. Like I'm not. I'm not about to take shots at, at Mama Sirik's decorating. So there ain't no roasting. Ain't no roasting coming there. Um, but a, a lot a, a team that a lot of people have been roasting and are starting to not roast anymore. That's the Cleveland Browns. We're gonna stay on this cycle of like most surprising team or interesting team to talk about week after week. And to me, that's the Cleveland Browns, man. Because like they're not in three. And like I was, I was. Even before last week, even before they won, I was talking to my mom last week, and we were looking at the NFL schedule, and she was like, "The Browns are eight and three. <laughs> I was like, "The Browns? No, they're not." And I looked, I was like, "No, the Browns are eight and three. Like, what? Like, what? What? What is that?" And then they won again, albeit almost let the Titans back in it, but they are nine and three. The Browns are nineteenth in the NFL in DVOA. This is the, the fact straight at you: nineteenth in the NFL in DVOA at. Their, their minus 6.7 DVOA is the lowest of any 9-3 team in the history of the stat. That's since 1985. That's right up stat Matt's alley. So, Matt, tell me, man, like, how, how did we get here? How was Cleveland 9-3? How does that even make sense? Uh, DVOA, I'll start with why DVOA doesn't like them. It's because they, a lot of it is they got blown out in their losses. They got killed by Pittsburgh. They got, they, they got killed by Baltimore. And, like, they play a lot of close games against bad teams. Like, Philly, the only one by five. They only beat... They played Cincy twice and won by one possession both times. Be so Houston it's, by three. Yeah, be Houston by three. Yeah, like Houston, I think, is better than their record. But um, I think – I think I don't think they're as bad as DVOA say there is. Like, they have Washington ahead of Cleveland and DVOA, which I think is a little nuts. Um, but it's – they're 9-3 because – Baker's been having a good year, bounce back year. They have a great running game, and they've benefited from an easy schedule. So, yeah. I mean, on all three accounts, let's start with the first one you said because that's that that that's been the 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 first focal point of the Cleveland Browns since they went and took Baker Mayfield number one overall. You know, kind of shattering the expectations of a lot of people. And this man has had a target on his back, yo. And Kyle, I know you're not you're not like I was about to say you're not the biggest Baker Mayfield believer. You're not like a Baker Mayfield believer at all. But yo, he's playing better. Like, is he like, give him his props. Like Baker is playing a lot better than he has, especially in these last six games, 11 touchdowns, only one pick a one twelve point seven passer rating in the last six. And they're on fire because of it. So like, yeah. you gotta give him some props, right? Like Baker's playing a lot better. Yeah. And this is um, post Odell Beckham injury, which is really impressive to me. But at, at the same point, I still don't trust the guy, man. I'm going to give him his props. He looked great in that game against Tennessee. Backwards hat kind of guy. Backwards hat kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like I'm coward right now, hating on Baker Bayfield. But, uh, I mean, it, it's impressive to see how he gets so many people involved. And and because who had touchdowns last week? Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, like people who aren't doing much. And they're not getting the shot without Odell. And I'm interested to see what happens with it, but I'm still not on the Baker Bayfield train yet. What, he, what threw for, yeah, he threw for 334 yards. None of his receivers had more than 100 yards uh, receiving. Like, 95, 92, 62. Like, that's spreading the ball around really well. That's throwing all around the yard. And, like, it's funny because, like, I've seen Baker Mayfield take a step towards humility, but, like, also keep the confidence. Because, to me, there's a thin line between confident and cocky. And Baker came into the league, Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall. Like, he came into the league cocky. Like, I'm that dude. I'm the one who's going to turn Cleveland around, almost forgetting that where he was drafted to. Like, this this isn't a team that has, has had a fair level of success. This is a team that's had a dark cloud over them for all of the 21st century. So you may not be that dude to come around and turn the Cleveland Browns around by yourself. But he's he's kind of taking the, the step towards confidence where, like, when he's bad, he's got to own up to it. But he still knows he's a good player. He's an above-average quarterback in the league, in my opinion. So, you know, he, he still knows that he can play well at certain times. And I, I love the quote that he said this past weekend. Like, he said, you know, I think to myself on decision-making, would an idiot do that? 
And if an idiot would do that, I don't do that. Like, so, it, I mean, there's a thought process now. Instead of Baker Mayfield just going and making decisions that Baker, you know, thinks that I can make in my sleep, I should be able to do this. There's now a tactical thought process. And I think we're seeing a different Baker Mayfield. And I think it's good that he's not losing himself, but he's but he's taking a step towards humility. Am I wrong? I think you're right. And it's the difference between cocky and confidence, I think, is a very big line. Like, Baker came into the NFL. He set the rookie record for touchdown passes in a season. And the next year, he got his face smacked. He came into the second season like, oh, I got this shit figured out. And boom, defense adjusted to him and he was lost. And this year, he came into it more mature. And it's like, instead of it being like, oh, no one can stop me. It's like, if if I get stopped, I I will know how to fix it. It's it's the second step. It's like, no one can stop me. He's like, if they stop me, I'll figure out why and fix it. And that's what he did. He's like... We say he did great the last six games. He did really, like, meh the first part of the season, just an 86 passer rating. And a lot of people, including after the first week, we said, bust Baker. And he's proven a lot of us wrong, and you know he loves to do it. So, Whoa, I didn't even realize that, Matt. We did do a factor overreact, and it was a Baker bust. Kyle, you want to check tape on me? I might have to go run some tape. I might have to go run some tape. On, on week one because that's that's looking like an overreaction right now I, yeah it is what's tough for me is that he hadn't proven anything going into the season and after that week one it was like all right same old baker but what we're seeing from him now is he's he's stepping into the shoes i mean he's only three years in the league now like now he's at that point i'm an nfl quarterback it's about this next step he has to make because we've seen guys get to this point and just kind of be really average i mean well, we, now, now it's now it's prove yourself time right yeah. and and quarterbacks have i think a three or four year window when they're drafted you know to to prove yourself because well after year four comes contract time so now it's really time whether you're whether you're going to stay here or not but especially when you're the number one overall pick that leash is is as 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 short as it can get it's we wasted everything on you and it looks like we're about to get a playoff baker for the first time and i I think that's where you come and prove yourself that's so i asked you that question that's what you were about to answer i said when 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 do you when do you believe in Baker? When when does Baker prove it to you? You said he got to win a playoff game. If he comes in and wins a playoff game this year, 100, percent he's proven it to me. I, I I think he's in the process of doing it right now, showing that he is a legit NFL quarterback. And I I was one of the ones I was hung up on. Well, he was a number one pick and he's not playing like it. If he was a second round pick and he's coming in playing this well, okay, sure. But for a number one pick, you got to win a playoff game for me here. Yeah. So I mean, I he's gonna face a, a good team coming to the playoffs. He's been oh, the the Browns have been you know uh, like Matt said, meh uh, against teams over five hundred, two and three against teams over five hundred, seven and zero oh against the rest of the league teams that are under five hundred. So you're not gonna get an under five hundred team not in the AFC. You're not gonna get an under five hundred team when you go into the playoffs. So that that's gonna be the real test for Baker. But yeah, right now they're the best wild card, so they would play the worst division winner, which yeah. right now would be the Colts. Yeah. which is no gimme which is a yep, way no. great we talked about the colts two weeks ago or three weeks ago great defense right yeah it'll be so the colts or the bills in my eyes it'll be the colts and the bills and if baker can win that game you if got baker my can eye. win that game you got to come on here and apologize you got to come on here and apologize if baker beats either one of those teams you got to come on here and apologize i will gladly apologize and i think this is the start of my apology here i hope i'm pre prefacing a playoff win because oh, okay. i'm excited with it all, all all the straight facts fans out there y'all all heard that call serious i come on and an apology. But Baker's not the only reason that this team is 9-3. and three. Not the only reason that we, we see the Browns surprisingly good. It's also their strong running game. We, we talked about how coming into this season, they had two really strong running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they've, they've been doing it. You know, they have uh, 1,893 rushing yards at second in the NFL, also averaging 4.9 yards per carry. Nick Chubb has been an absolute monster on my fantasy team. So thank you. <laughs> Let me tell you, side note, let me get a 30. Let me let me tell you this. Week three, I made a trade. It may have been the best fantasy trade that I, I, I could ever imagine. I traded Zach Ertz and got A.J. Brown and Nick Chubb in return. Oh, Talk to me. Who were oh, you trading with? Who were you oh, trading with? trade. That's oh, a great trade. That. I, exploited, I exploited a man's weakness. I exploited a man's weakness. He, he absolutely needed a tight end. I don't even know the tight end's name that he had. And he absolutely needed it. I needed a running back, and I, and I wanted to boost my wide receiver. I guess he didn't really know what the type of receiver AJ Brown was, but Clearly. I, I fleeced him <laughs> off rip. I fleeced him off rip. I got I got one, and and yo Nick Chubb has been very serviceable, even even after coming back from the injury. He's been a beast. Seven hundred ninety nine rushing yards, eight touchdowns on on six yards per carry. Um, so Nick Chubb has been all that and then some. A great Browns running game. 
Yeah, they, and they have the switch up to Kareem Hunt, who has a bunch of touchdowns himself, who's been on my fantasy team, who has a backup, has been the most productive backup I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And w- w- what I like about this team is, too, they move the it's ball. It's like the but, Maurice Jones through Fred Taylor days, like two number yeah. ones on the same two team. Two number one running backs on the same team, yeah. yeah. What I like about Mark Ingram type. With this team, they move the ball, right? They get down there, they use the rushing game heavy, but they don't even score that many rushing touchdowns. I mean, they pass for the touchdowns, and it's that switch up for me that makes their offense really explosive. Mm-hmm. That was a balanced attack. Also, Trump went up against the number one running back in the NFL and outplayed him on the road. When people talk about quarterback matchups, running backs have that same amount of pride. You know Chubb was really eaten. Like, everyone's talking about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has a rough game. He fumbles. Chubb, 80 yards and a touchdown. If, if Nick Chubb doesn't miss, what, the five five games, four games, five games, six games, around there, he probably is, is among the league leaders he, in rushing He's right played now. eight games, and it's 800 rushing yards, essentially. That's on pace for 1,600, which is all God. leads the league. Five out of six seasons, so that, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Nick Chubb has been great. Kareem Hunt has has been above average. You know, a great serviceable running game, and that's I mean, going back to the Baker point, that's what helps a good quarterback, right? I think Baker Mayfield hasn't hasn't had something to rely upon like this, and that's a, a balanced offense, great receivers to throw to, good running backs that he can rely on to, to always get the job done, an offensive line that's protecting him, and I think. Kevin Stavansky is, is laying out a great game plan for him. That's like one thing that we have to give credit for. A team doesn't make a turn like this without a good coach. Finally, right? That the Cleveland Browns get a good coach, a coach that believes in Baker Mayfield and the other way around. Kevin Stefanski doing a great job. So, I mean, bro, hats off to the Browns. Like, I wanted to talk about them because it's like, it's like a good for y'all, man. It's like when the Bucks got good. Like, good for y'all. I never hated them. How can you hate on a team that's been so bad for so long? Like, I get that they got a really cocky Baker Mayfield, but they needed swagger. This is a swaggerless team. It's Cleveland. Their colors are orange and brown. That's a swaggerless team. That's a swaggerless team. They needed something like that. They haven't made the playoffs since 2002. Longest streak in the NFL. Ugh. So you go and get Baker. You trade for Odell. You get you some swag. Uh, A Browns-Bills matchup would be very wholesome. Two franchises that haven't won anything in the past, well, ever. So, and we'll both be, their quarterback in the yeah. same year. And it would be a good game. Yeah. And it would be a good game. That would that would be a hell of a game. I, I like that matchup. I like that. But I mean there is a downfall to this to this Browns team, right? Not not all not all roses over there. Their defense isn't anything to write home about. Like they have a I think they have a, a solid front four, a solid front five. Miles Garrett was up there before the injury for defensive player of the year. He's playing great. Um, you know, Olivier Vernon was, was doing his thing as well. Um, but it's not, it's not all great. And Kyle, that was one thing we talked about pre-show where you were like, their, their defense, aren't even all that good. Like yeah. I was trying to find defensive stats. You're like, I ain't even all that good to talk about it. That's the problem with me. So, I mean, they are, which I think is kind of bailing them out. They are number one in turnover percentage, which is the amount of drives that end in the turnover. So they're getting the stops. They but- get fumble luck. Now one talks about fumble luck. Opponents have fumbled 14 times against them. They've recovered 10 of them. That's, how, that's, is that that, how is it luck? How is no, it luck? Because of recovering the fumbles, luck. It, it's a football. <laughs> Op long bounces all over the place. You this recover about, half your fumbles. Half this your you fumbles is the average. See, see, this is why. This is why I know y'all just don't want Cleveland to be great. That's why I know y'all just don't want Cleveland to be <laughs> I great. Didn't say it. Because I any didn't. other any other team that creates fumbles, you're talking about. Look at how well they they force fumbles. No, fumbles cause. Fumbles cause. No, fumbles cause is not luck. But fumbles recovered is luck. You cause 14 fumbles. You're supposed to get seven of them. They've gotten ten. It's how the the ball bounces. No, how the ball bounces literally. That's that's like that's it's it's a little lucky. They've gotten and they've taken advantage of those three extra possessions. And in a lot of close wins, that helps. That's three possessions. I don't know exactly where they are, but three close games. That's the difference between six and six, nine and three. So I want to know. I want to know points off turnovers or, or conversion percentage. That I don't know if we could find that real quick. It's going to be hard to find just off fumbles, but I need to see if they're taking advantage of that. But this is this is just you just be disrespecting Cleveland. I'm not. I don't want to go back to the OBJ Calvin Ridley debate because like I, I don't I don't want to make myself upset again. But you'd be disrespecting them. How is that lucky? I didn't mean to cut you off. Kyle, but they called it lucky. I, I see where he's going with that. They are supposed to go 50-50. Maybe there's a little fumble luck, but you are forcing them, so that does in in cost amount that you're going to get more fumble recoveries. Mm-hmm. But back to the point, like the defense is not one they're right home about, as you said. I mean, they're 29th in the league in passing touchdowns given up. 
opposing quarterbacks has outpassed Baker in terms of yards by like 600 yards. And even opposing running backs are keeping up kind of in terms of touchdowns with the one-two combo we talked about. And But the biggest stat here is their point differential from a 9-3 team is negative 15, which is really hard to look past. And a lot of that just comes on the defense. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the blowout losses that they've had. That's wild. I, I mean, I, it almost doesn't make sense how a 9-3 team has a negative point differential, right? Like, I just don't know how that happens. Never seen that. All right, so final question. Before we move off the Browns, final question. When do we take the Browns seriously? I put out a poll on on, on Twitter the other day. Uh, I believe both of you voted on it. And I asked, I asked the same question. When do we take the Browns seriously? I had it now, 10 plus wins, 12 plus wins, or never just because they're the Cleveland Browns. So I'll answer first, and it's now. You take them seriously right now. Because think about this. If they weren't in a division with an 11-1 football team, a team who was undefeated as of or before two days ago, They'd be number one in their division. They'd be number one in the AFC North, which has the reigning MVP in it, which has the reigning number one seed in the AFC in it. They'd be the number one seed if it wasn't for almost a historically good team. So, like, you take them seriously right now. You don't get to nine and three on accident. Fumble yeah. luck don't get you to nine and three. Okay? <laughs> what does like, serious you know? mean? What does serious mean? Like, are they a playoff team? Like, this is, uh, this is do a, they have this a shot a to win the AFC? No, they don't have a this, shot to win the AFC. You take them, you take them seriously. You don't write them off. You don't, they're not, they're not a, they're not a fake nine and three team. We talked about teams who, who say you didn't look like their record. Last year, you talked about the Packers. They didn't look like they were 13 and three. Like the, like the Browns are a serious, they are a, a good upper echelon football team. They are what a nine and three football team is supposed to look like. If you now nah, they're seven and five dressed in you nine. You don't seem like that's, that's crazy. A, they're seven see, and five dressed in That is hating on. That is hating that's on the Browns. That's hating. Like that's hating. Okay. 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 Make the wild, they have no shot at winning the AFC. No shot. Zero okay. shot. If so the Browns when, win the AFC, I will buy a Baker Mayfield jersey and wear it on the podcast stamped. after the Super Bowl. Stamped. Stamped. stamped I, I don't think it'll happen either. I would, but I mean, I absolutely stamped that. Okay. Answer the question then. When do you take them seriously? 12 plus wins. If they get to 12, I'll take them a little seriously. That's so that's so crazy. No, they got, <laughs> they got the, the Giants and the Jets. They have the Giants and the Jets. They play two other re- they play Giants, Jets, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Not in that order. But they're they're guaranteed eleven. So if they beat if they if they beat Baltimore Pittsburgh, I think Baltimore's still better than them, even though they're a worse record. Nine I think they're I think I don't they're, hate they're that. pretty I think they're pretty even. I mean, the way, the way Lamar is, like, not really throwing the ball right now ended last night with 100 pass, 102 passing yards. Like, the way he's not throwing the ball right now, they stop him on the ground, pretty much stop the Baltimore Ravens' offense. If they get to, if they end 12-4 and four and people tell me you're not taking the Browns seriously, you just hate the Browns. You're just hating on them. Kyle, when do you take the Browns seriously? Yeah, so I looked at your poll. My answer was 12 wins. Um, and then we get to Sunday, and they're up 38-7 to seven at halftime against the Titans. I'm like, no joke, I thought of your poll. I was like... Oh, hold up. This is up 31 on the Titans. Right. But then they do what they did in the second half, and the game ends in a six-point game. So I, I just got to go back. I'm not taking the Browns seriously until the same time I'm taking Baker Mayfield seriously, and that's when they win a playoff game. Well, why are we holding them to a different threshold? The Chiefs were up on the Buccaneers 20, 20, 27-6 at halftime. Because I'm, I'm already and, taking and both of those teams seriously. The Chiefs and the Buccaneers we've been talking about all year. We haven't moved the Chiefs from the number one spot in the AFC, and for a little bit there, the Buccaneers were at the one spot in the NFC. But so, I mean, so you don't take the Titans seriously? The Titans are interesting. In terms of an AFC contender, no. I mean, I, I mean, I, there was hope in the beginning of the year, but they they fell off a lot. And 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 I'm just saying, if you're like 38-7 on a football team, I don't care who your opponent is. It could be the Chiefs. You don't win by six. You had a 31 point buffer with 30 minutes left. Is that you can give I up a point of basketball? But Tannehill threw a pick that bounced right off a receiver's hands when they were in the red zone, and that basically ended the comeback. If that if the receiver catches the ball, which is not up to Cleveland, they I they might have like an historic choke on their hands. Okay, so so Kyle, what what official? When do you take them seriously? Is it still 12? In terms of your poll. Or in terms of the question, when do, you take, when do you take the Browns seriously? Same time when I take Baker Mayfield seriously when they win a playoff. When they game. win a playoff game, okay, okay. There's, I'm taking them seriously now. 
Maybe I just want to, maybe I empathize with teams who've been bad for a long time. Like Daniel 93, yeah. I would want to be taken seriously. We've been bad forever. We're finally 93. I do I'd too. It's just tough with the, with the Browns. If it was like the Lions and I was like, oh, I'm all over this. Or even the Bills last year, I'm all over this. But for the Browns, it's, it's harder for me. I don't see how the Lions and the Browns are in a different conversation. I'm just talking about if the, if they were the Lions. Because you see Matthew Stafford your whole life just lose in the fourth quarter or try to come back and just throw a pick or someone drops a ball and you're like, oh, Stafford did everything he could. It's just time for that. That's it's... that's that's true. All right, we're, we'll move on. We'll move on because uh, we've got bigger things to address here. We're going to break our rule. We said, uh, I, b- I believe it was what, after week five or six, I declared a rule. I, I made a decree that we were not talking about the NFC East until one of the teams have a winning record. That's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen this year. And right now, the Eagles are probably the hottest team or the, the hottest topic in the NFL. A three-win team is the hottest topic in the NFL. Like, I just had to hear myself say that again. Because the Eagles finally, finally ripped the Band-Aid off, benched Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. So I'll defer to y'all. As, as Boo Birds themselves, as Eagles fans themselves, was that the right choice? Was, was benching Carson Wentz Look at Matt. I've never seen Matt rub his hands. He did no, the no, 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 no. Uh, I'm conflicted. I'm, I'm totally confused and lost. It's, uh, I don't know whether Carson should play through his his shit storm. I don't know whether throwing Jalen Hurts against a top defense like the Saints is a smart thing to do right out the gates. I don't know if Carson is ruined because of his back. I, I, I don't know. I don't. There's so here's, so many things. Here's what I honestly think a, happened. I think Doug made that decision in game to bench Wentz for Hurts, kind of forgetting he's got the Saints the next week. Like I, I do. I think that it was an in in the moment decision, kind of knowing that when I do it, that means Jalen Hurts is going to start the next game because you got to give the kid a full game to kind of you know prove himself and see what he got. And then they lost the game. They went back in the locker room and he was like, "Oh shit, we have the Saints next week." <laughs> I, I I completely forgot about that. But I mean, is it the right move? I think, I mean, this thing with me, Jalen Hurts came in and played better than we've seen Wentz play in six weeks. And like Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game, right? And honestly, I think we have a better shot of winning the game with Jalen Hurts right now. He came out and on every single play, there was some sort of confidence in me that was like, oh, we could actually do something this play. And that's like 30% of the time in this past month and a half when Carson Wentz has been on the Bro, field. Even, even when it went bad, Jalen Hurts got yeah. had what three set got sacked three times. And yeah. like it, it, n- at no point were any of the sacks, they were like five yards less than like any sack Carson Wentz has taken this season. Like even <laughs> yeah. when he gets sacked, he knows how to get sacked better than Carson and Wentz. That's some people arguing this and bringing up the interception. On a play, Jalen Hurts made the perfect read to the guy open for a first yeah, down and his arm got exactly, hit. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, he, he was playing well. The ball to Rager on third down was huge. The fourth and 18, the Greg Ward was sick. I mean, he gave us a shot that Wentz would not have even given us in that game. The touchdown he threw was, was nothing. My I've argument seen is everything is predicated on what makes Wentz better. Because I think Wentz is the quarterback of the future, no matter what you say, because of the contract he has. You can't be, you can't. The contract, you're going to be paying him a lot of money. He's under contract. So the best thing to do is to make sure, like, it would be great. Like, it would be great if Hurts played great the last three games of the season because then you have options that you can do. But I think it's really predicated on what makes Wentz better. And maybe this is, he need maybe he needs a break from starting quarterback play just to evaluate all his mistakes. I the, the worst thing is that he's done. And a lot of people point to the ACL. I think it's the back is when it happened. Cause I think he, the was, back more. he was really good the year after his ACL. The team wasn't that good, but he was really good. The back, you can see the back affects everything when you throw a football. Your completion percentage, how, how, like, how accuracy, how deep you can throw the ball. And that affects when you're not as accurate, when you can't throw the ball. So that affects your confidence on every other level. And... I, did, I made a deal with the devil. I'm going to admit to something that happened. Before the Super Bowl three years ago, my friend Alex, shout out to Alex, I know he's listening, texted me, would you Would you take Wentz never being healthy for the rest of his career to guarantee an Eagle Super Bowl win? And I said, yes. No! And I watched it. Oh, no. Honestly, no. I take it. I, 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 I still think I made the right decision, but... <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> 
I'll, try to find the, I'll try to find the screenshot of the text and put it on the social media. No, it was you. <laughs> it was I'm, you. I almost don't want to put this clip on social because you like we might not get you back. <laughs> we might not get you back. You know how Philly fans are. <laughs> like for, for for real. Like that. Like I, there's no way you could have predicted that that's exactly what would have happened. But Matt, that's exactly what happened. That's crazy. You talk about the back injury. 2017, 2018 stats is 24 games, 64% completion percentage, 54 touchdowns, 14 picks, seven yards per attempt with a 102 passer rating. That would have ranked third in the NFL in 2017 and eighth in 2018. And then since the back injury, it's 28 games, 61% completion percentage, 43 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, and 84 passer rating. That's 25th uh, in 2019 and 2020. Um, I'll, I'll put my last statement on this i do think carson went starting for the eagles is done I, I think it's i think it's time to move on we've seen a regression after regression after regression and i think it's kind of hit it's breaking point once you put your second round draft pick in the start there's there are a few teams that look back after that now if Jalen hurts gets hurt at, or starts his regression then you might flip it again but i think moving forward for the interim Jalen hurts is, is the starting quarterback because i finally think the eagles wave the white flag on this season I talked about it a lot that being in the NFC East was the worst thing for the Eagles development moving forward because it painted this picture that we could still salvage this season. And if you still want to salvage this season, Carson Wentz is your quarterback. He's, he's the, the most durable quarterback. Or, I mean, more, more mentally tough quarterback. He, uh, he's he been in the league, more experienced. He's seen more things. You ride with him if you still think you can win this division. But, I mean, after 13 weeks, you got three wins. It's time to move on, man. There's no team after 13 weeks with three wins thinking about this season. No team in NFL history. The only team the only teams doing that are in the NFC East. So like once they once they saw the Giants rattle off four straight, what you see? Washington beat good teams. You're like, all right, man, we not winning this division. We not beating these teams. Time to move on. And if it's time to move on, I have to figure out is Jalen Hurts gonna be my quarterback moving forward. And he's got four games to show me that he can be. Because if he shows me he can't, we're gonna have a top 10 pick. And guess what we're using that top 10 pick on? A quarterback. So I, that's why I think Jalen Hurts is going to start, and I think you, like, Doug finally made that right decision. I, do I don't think want a quarterback with a top ten pick. Yeah, I don't think Fields I don't think and, it would take Lawrence and Fields are gone by then. Yeah, you no take quarterback climb. There's a lot of holes in this. There's a lot yeah. of problems. There's, with the but there are also a lot of teams who have the reservation. There's also a lot of teams who have their reservation about Justin Fields. A lot of teams are starting to have their reservations about him. Um, but I mean, maybe, maybe higher than ten. I do not want a quarterback. If you get like the seventh pick or sixth pick, I don't want a quarterback. I, I don't either. Going back, I, also, you. I love Howie. You brought me a Super Bowl. You brought me unbridled joy. You need to go. Howie, yeah, Howie needs to go. Gotta go. Howie needs to go. Going back to your point, real quick, James. At this point, even if they are still trying to salvage the season, I still think Jalen Hurts is the better play. To be honest, you have to let him finish the year and then let the guys compete in training camp. Let's have a real QB competition next year and see what happens. My thing is, you have a QB competition in camp. Carson's going to have the support of the locker room. He's going to he's already got the support of the best player on the team in Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox says, I want Carson Wentz as the quarterback. I mean, I would think coaching and front office are going to lean towards that. Your best player saying who he wants on the field. So if you training go and that, a lot, though. I mean, you see Jalen Hurts beat him in training camp on every single rep. It's tough yeah, to go past that guy. Like, I mean, you play the better quarterback. You, you simply you play, play the, the better, better quarterback. quarterback. Okay, yeah. if you play Carson again, don't you go through this again? Don't you go through this again? I think his leash is so much shorter. I mean, we gave Wentz opportunity. Next year's a new year. Yeah, that's, if you, you start off your 0-2 and, and he sucks, yeah, then you don't have to wait. Like, you don't give – this was – he got this whole season because benefit of the doubt. You No more benefit of the doubt. So, I haven't seen Carson Wentz play a complete season. I mean, since he almost won MVP, and he didn't even play a complete season then. That's why he almost won MVP. That's for yeah. four years of not playing a complete season. But hey, your team, not mine. So I'll digress. We'll move on uh, to speaking facts, man. We haven't done speaking facts in a while, so let's 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 get it popping with some speaking facts. The first one is LeBron James said on the road trip and podcast, "I've been part of the two hardest championships." In NBA history, Kyle, is he speaking facts, man? The 2016 Cavs and the 2020 Lakers shaking his head. No. No. I'll give you one. He's been part of one of the hardest, too. I mean, that 2016, no doubt. I, I don't agree. 2016 I, I, is the hardest championship. Yeah, you no doubt. I, 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 it's tough for me to agree with when you're the favorite coming into a playoffs. You dodge the Clippers. 
you dodge the top four teams in the East and you win the championship. I know the bubble and whatever, but you were still the best team in the league and your star, your best player is 30 something years old and he got four months of rest. I mean, I understand the unpredictability. You don't see your family. Maybe there's some stress, anxiety levels there, but I don't agree. I don't even, and I actually think there's a harder championship that's been won against LeBron. And that was the 2011 Mavericks going against the big three. I think that was a way harder championship for a team with starting three guys over the age of 32. One, and all star. Youngest. One all-star on the team. One Le- all-star. LeBron saying the 2020 championship is is the hardest, is one of the hardest. It's really absurd. Like, yeah, I take his 2013 or 2012, like, more than, like, like I'll, I'll tell you what the actual second hardest title to win, and it might be the first. 2016 Cavs is one of the two. It's the 1995 Houston Rockets. I'll tell you who they played. First round, they play a 60-win Carl Malone, John Stockton, Jazz team. Beat them. Next round, they play a 59-win Barkley Sun team. Beat them. Next round, Western Conference Finals. They play a 62-win David Robinson Spurs team. Beat them. Then, then they beat a 57-win Penny and Shaq, and they sweep them. Shout out yeah. to the 95 and Rockets and Akeem. That's harder than the bubble. That's than way me. harder than and what... You, you want to talk about dodging. You want to talk about dodging. They dodged the MJ with Bulls team. If MJ doesn't retire, they'll MJ get that MJ lost in the playoffs. MJ lost in the playoffs that year. That was his he comeback year. He played comeback in the second game. half. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I just... I can't get behind the narrative that this was one of the hardest playoffs when you came in with one of the most... It was the weirdest. It was the weirdest. I think I, mean, I think you guys are thinking about everything on court and not thinking about anything off court. And LeBron said in the bubble, not just the Lakers. Everyone else was in that's the bubble. Thing. Too. That's, that, the and that's his point. Thing. That's his point. He's not saying it was just hardest on the Lakers. He's saying it was hard. Whoever won the championship, it was going to be one of, if not the hardest championship to win in NBA history because of the circumstance of the bubble. We saw, we saw, we saw it's superstars weird and different of the bubble. Hard. We saw superstars crumble because of the bubble. Paul George came out and said, "This joint is killing me. This is why I'm playing bad. This the bubble is killing me. I can't. I can't even focus because of where we are." Like we saw, like actual superstars crumble because of being in the NBA bubble. So I think that, you know he's talking about everything that has to do off court. You guys are bringing up stats. You guys are bringing up records and noted, understood, and and there's something to be said for that. There's also something to be said for being in a circumstance that literally no no one else, no other NBA season has ever been under and no civilian, no person has ever endured before. They, we're talking about three to four, almost five months being completely away from your family, being secluded in one area and in, in one facet, having to deal with a social justice reform going on around you. And LeBron himself getting attacked by, by everyone outside of who was on the right side of, of being on the social justice campaign, getting attacked for him being the one to tell players to kneel when he wasn't even the one who kneeled first. So, like, th- there is a lot of validity to LeBron saying, like, man, this championship was hard. Harder than yeah. anything anyone's ever had to deal with. I hear that. I mean, this year's been hard. I mean, but it's it's like you brought the best AAU team with the number one player in the country and the number three player in the country to the AAU tournament, and you won it. I mean, the team that went to the bubble, supposed to win the tournament, won it. So how hard was it really? I, I understand the off-the-court stuff, but like Matt said, a lot of teams did have to deal with that as well. Every team had to. I mean, the circumstances were the same, and I understand they were different, but the best team won it, and there was really no doubts along the way. All right, man. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. Because this next one because this next one is, is my favorite. Like I cannot believe Scottie Pippen actually came out and, and said this publicly. Scottie Pippen was commenting on the Last Dance documentary, the ten-part Michael Jordan documentary that aired over the summer. One of the greatest pieces of, of of sports television or sports movies that I've ever watched, by the way. That was it was tremendous. But Scottie put some context to it. Uh, he said, "I thought it was more about Michael trying to uplift himself and be glorified." Is he speaking facts? And Matt, I'm going to come to you first because we put out a quote post during it and you said specifically, anyone who thinks that the last dance was supposed to be subjective missed the entire point of the documentary. So was Scotty, is Scotty defending you? Is Scotty backing up your point here? 100%. There's no way Jordan was going to allow all this footage, a documentary come out about him if he didn't view it as favorable and happy, like... Of course, of course, it's a it's a puff piece. It's a very interesting, great, highly recommended puff piece. But it's a puff piece, of course. 
a lot of people didn't get their just due. Tony Kukoc really got screwed out of a lot of really important moments. And like, but it's a documentary about MJ and it's got, and MJ got to pick every party wanted and made him look in the best light. And Scott is completely right. People think this is like sour grapes. No, Scotty's right here. No, and, and Scotty has no. Scotty wasn't even portrayed poorly in the in the documentary. It's not like Scotty's coming from a place where you know a, a place of sour or you know a place of disrespect where he feels the need to defend the way he was portrayed. Like Scotty was portrayed great in in the documentary. Um, so the fact that he came out and said this was was crazy. But Kyle is, is Scotty speaking facts. Was this just for MJ to put himself on a pedestal over the summer? I don't think so. I Uh-oh. really don't think so. I mean, MJ threw in clips of him in 2020 making fun of Jerry Krause with absurd things that he said. He showed the lows of his career. He admitted all the gambling stuff. And I think actually it comes from a little bit of jealousy from Scottie Pippen from the whole 20 minute sequence of him holding out and everyone hating on him. And like, Scotty, you got to play. And then they showed Scotty like saying F you to reporters and stuff. And I think that could have been the reason. I, I, I don't think this is Jordan glorifying himself. I mean, Sure, in a way, it's a documentary about yourself and you got the hand shoes it. So I'm sorry you didn't get all the time. You didn't get the percentage of win share that say you have in these titles on screen, Scotty. But I mean, I, I don't think it was. No, I mean, you, you talked about I, I first of all, I do think Scotty speaking facts. I think this was a way for, for Michael Jordan to kind of lift himself up, even if he was being, quote unquote, objective through the whole thing. It still was a way to lift himself up. It was still a way. Yeah. This was meant for everyone afterwards to go. Yeah, Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, even because of his lows. His yeah, lows fair. were his lows were portrayed very specifically. They weren't portrayed as like, oh, look at what Michael Jordan did poorly. It was portrayed of, oh, look at what Michael Jordan overcame. Look yeah, what yeah. Michael, look at what I Michael Jordan was able to battle. Through. You think that like, pizza story with the flu game is accurate? That was oh, absurd. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, that was. That's that was the weird. first time I, and it's funny because no one's ever heard the pizza story before. Yeah, like, no, like no one, like no, we we got famous people on ESPN talking about pizza. Like, I, I, you know, I know you got food poisoning. Like when when was food poisoning ever part of the deal? Like what? Come come on, man. And now he's trying to like you try to portray you know the the Utah faithful poorly because someone delivered him a, um, a bad pizza, even with his gambling debt. Like yeah, you know. I, I, I like to gamble. Do I have a problem? No. Well, then why are you at the casino at 2 a.m. when you got a playoff game the next day? You're in a different state. You got a playoff game in New York and you're in Atlantic City. Yeah. I get you I mean, still stress the mix, but... Eh. I just think like... Maybe, maybe, maybe. They were down 0-2. And Game 3, no one talks about Game 3. He was awful in Game 3 of that series, but they won anyway. And I was after all the games. Because in his mind, he's like, damn, I got a million dollar debt to pay when I leave the stadium or someone's coming for me. Or he's just tired. <laughs> I just I just think like you made a documentary about the dude and it did go through his whole career. And maybe he did handpick certain moments and how, how's the narrator going to say this part? But not really. I mean, if you want to say that to me, if you want to say that the last dance is him trying to uplift himself and it's glorified, then I think our last speaking facts, what LeBron said, is him trying to uplift himself and glorify Absolutely. Himself. Absolutely. MJ allowed this to happen the day of the Cleveland Championship Parade in 2016. Like this is a calculated MJ decision. Like, calculated. I got to make sure my goat status is a little more is a little more. Browns on Brown just got AD. Browns on Lakers got AD. Now this needs to come out now. This needs to come out now because everyone needs to know before the season. Starts. Come out before, yeah, before the bubble restarts. Yeah, <laughs> everyone needs to, everyone needs to know now. But Kyle, I. I they both are the same. LeBron's yeah. absolutely trying to glorify, absolutely trying to uplift himself. He said I was part of the, the two hardest championships in NBA history. Absolutely trying to uplift, uplift himself. Last one we're going to. Two-time champion wide receiver Toy Smith was on the, the Eagles Super Bowl team, weighed in on the QB GOAT, this QB GOAT debate. He said Tom Brady is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, but Aaron Rodgers is a better player. I know that doesn't make any sense, but it's true. So, Kyle, I mean, make some sense of it. Is he speaking facts? I actually 100 100- like he said, I don't like that doesn't make sense. I actually see exactly what he's getting at. Like he's had the better career, but like Rogers is the better player. Better I mean, player, yeah. it, it, it's tough to talk on this, like because what time period are you talking about? If we're talking right now, then I would think everyone would agree Aaron Rodgers is the better player than Tom Brady. But I mean, over their careers, it, it's really hard. I, I would, I would say he's he's not speaking facts because I am a guy win the championship, you know, win the championship. 
So it, six it, of them things. Sick. And, and it's, <laughs> it's tough for me, but he's not far off, is what I'll say. If we're talking about talent, Rodgers is almost the talent Brady is, and I don't think people would disagree with that. Right. If we're talking player peak, he's right. Um, but I think in both cases, Brady is better and greater than Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, what am I? What's my accent? Rodgers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, he's better and greater. Uh, Brady threw for 500 yards in a Super Bowl. Brady, like, Rodgers hasn't done that. Brady threw for 466 yards in a Super Bowl. Brady, I, I could see, like, Rodgers. I think Brady's best season is better than Rodgers' best season. I'd take 07 Brady over 2011 Rodgers. Uh, but Brady's not the GOAT. He's, and Peyton Manning was a better quarterback than him. Seven oh, first-team All-Pros. But Bra- Bra- Aaron Rodgers is... a overrated people act like he's in the Manning Brady Montana discussion when he's the tier below he's in the Steve Young range but like Brady Brady and Manning and Montana are in a different league of their own and Rodgers can we, doesn't touch can it. we keep it in the lane like why are you what like, we're not talking about we're not talking about Peyton Manning here like you, you just, <laughs> right, he's, he called Brady the goat and it's more reasonable to say Brady's a goat than Rodgers is better than Brady okay um Kyle, I agree with you. I completely understand. Like, it does make sense. And I think anyone with, like, an a, a above-average sports mind, like, 100% gets this. Because this is, like, a lot of people talked about LeBron Jordan. Like, LeBron is the, the better player of all – or is the greater player of all time. Jordan's the better player. Like, who has the better career versus who's the more skilled, you know, player in their sport? And I think this is where it boils down to. Like, I think Tom Brady's had the best career of any quarterback – but I mean, he can't do the stuff that Aaron Rodgers can do on a down-to-down basis, just on the skill level. Just that Aaron Rodgers can do stuff that we we've only seen mimic now since Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, but arm talent isn't the only thing. Of, like, does Aaron does Aaron Rodgers have better arm talent than Brady Kroos? Yeah, but that doesn't make him a better quarterback. It just makes him like no. make more exciting plays a lot. Like he yeah, makes that, more that's, exciting that, plays, and that's where I'm getting at. That's where I'm getting at. And he does it at such a high level that it's put him in the top ten quarterback of all time discussion. So it's it's not just, you know, oh, he can do a, a bunch of exciting things, but he does that at such a high level that he's one of the best of all time. But we're talking about six Super Bowls, three or four, three MVPs. Like when we're talking about countless of QB records, most playoff the yards. The longevity alone, the longevity alone. I mean, 20 years of, of straight, you know, dominance and excellence. So, you know, I, I got to disagree with him that, or I got to agree with him that Brady is the GOAT. But you know, I, I could say Rogers is a little more talented. But all right, we gotta we gotta move on. We're coming up on, on time limit here, real quick, Kyle. I gotta go real quick. What happened this past week in sports? Real quick, so we know we like to keep it with the pop culture with a little bit of sports here, and there's a huge headline that combined both. So we got a Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather fight happening early next year. What are our thoughts about this? I, it's I, sad I that mean, bo- boxing's fallen to the point where they need this kind of yeah. fight. Imagine if it was like. LeBron plays Logan Paul in one-on-one. That's what the NBA had to do. It's sad. I was cool. I was cool with the Nate-Jake Paul fight because Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. were headlining. I thought that was really cool for two all-time fighters to step back in the ring. But this is Floyd just chasing a payday when he doesn't have to. And he's realized that, like, I've got to fight the best fighters to get the most money. I can, yeah. He waited to fight Pacquiao, got more money than he would have if he fought him in his prime. Waited to fight De La Hoya. Like, he, he just, Floyd know how to do it, man. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I it, I guess it's just the money, but it, the only way I'm watching, it's going to be good for boxing just because they, like, people are going to watch it. It's I'm not contributing not right. to it. The only way I'm watching is if Snoop commentates. It's the only way they get me to watch. <laughs> All right. Moving forward, we have. Um, I'm actually going to skip this one. So yesterday, Woj hit us with James Harden's open to be traded to the Sixers. Of course, previously, he requested to be traded to the Nets. But, I mean, what I think here is this is a business. They just gave Russ to Washington. CP3 went to Phoenix. And I looked at it. James Claus, or James Harden doesn't have a no-trade clause. So I, I'm not sure these requests get met. Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't I don't, see him either. Maybe maybe not. Um, and especially because it's like going to the Sixers, he said among other teams, but he really wants to go to the Sixers. And you don't get James Harden without giving up and beat or Simmons. That's just not how. That's just not how it works. And Daryl, I don't know if Morris playing hardball, but he's publicly said a lot of times they're not touching and beat or Simmons. They're not touching them. They're not touching and beat or Simmons. And I think and that's obviously that's how, that's how you play it if you're trying to play it. But if if I'm Daryl Morey, people are asking like, would you trade Ben Simmons for James Harden? You got to ask yourself. James Harden is a top three to top five player in the league. I'm, I'm itching on top three. Can Ben Simmons become 
top three to top five in a win in a championship window for the Sixers. If you believe yes, you keep them. If you believe no, then you go and get James Harden and you got two years to win a championship. The argument is Harden shortens the window but opens it up wider. If that so it's 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 I'm like fifty one percent trade Simmons for Harden straight up and like forty nine percent don't. No, I know what you mean. It's, he, it's, he, it's so close for me. He opens the window wider, but it's open for for a shorter amount of mm-hmm. time. It's closing faster, but it's a wider target. I, mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. All right, then just one more thing. So the New York Jets have fired defensive coordinator Greg Williams after he called a cover zero blitz. Nah, that was hilarious. <laughs> which gave no, up a forty six yard right. touchdown to Henry Ruggs to win the game. A play after Nelson Aguilar was wide open after man coverage that Carr missed him. So I just that was the funniest thing. Hilarious. I was watching it on Red Zone with my dad, and like they so missed Aguilar open the end zone. I was like, "How does that happen? How do you? This is, we're supposed to be playing prevent defense. Like, how does that? And then the next yeah, play, they yeah. did it again. Yeah. Like Henry Rugg one on one. And here's the thing: I think Greg the guy Williams bit on the was, double move. What's the guy? What's catching an under, under route with five seconds to go? I thought. I think Greg Williams thought he was doing like he was. He was going to the Jets' agenda. Yeah, like, I he's think, like, are we supposed to be losing games? Like I thought, I, I thought we was doing my job. Like damn, I think he saw. I think he saw. He looked up at the scoreboard. He saw Minnesota coming back on Jacksonville. Like, oh, Jacksonville's not going to win. Let's call yeah. a cover zero blitz. Cover good, bro. We got to lose this game. And yeah. I, bro, at this point, Adam Gase has something on the New York Jets that would reveal nuclear launch codes. That's the only way he has his job still. What Adam Gase has on the New York Jets. Would activate nuclear launch codes. That's the only. That's the only. That's my only. The Jets. The Jets owner reminder is the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. That Matt, you actually just solidified my conspiracy theory. No, I'm taking that. He won't be after after Biden is sworn in, but he under Trump, he was. You just gave James like two more years to hang on to this conspiracy. Yo, for real. We're gonna see Gates get fired like the second after Biden's in office and James (laughs) Lane. Like I might be I might be in Russia. Like they might snow to me for this information. That's all right. Well that's all for this past week in sports. Let's get into the countdown and we got a number six. All right. The number of consecutive games the Chicago Bears have lost since starting the season five and one. And, and look, at first, those two, those first two, three losses were all Mitch Trubisky's fault. Everyone thought Nick Foles was going to come in and save him, and he didn't. And now we're back to Mitch Trubisky, and they still stink. Like, I don't know what the, what's going on with the Bears, but They it were is- fake 5-1, and one and it got exposed. That's what happened. Yeah, real quick, real quick. Six straight, though? That's, That's like Jets territory. Shaky. All right, number five. The amount of 100-yard games Justin Jefferson has this season – He's the new favorite to win Rookie of the Year. That's also after Herbert really had a stinker against oh, New England. Oh, um, I don't. Why do you have to make me read this? I've yeah, read how we, we passed on another right good receiver. Go ahead and tell me Jalen Rager was the right pick. Go ahead and tell me. This Rager's going to be good. Jefferson's going to be better. That, and that's the thing too, because Metcalf's going to be so much better than our Sega Whiteside. But everyone was passing on Metcalf. This yeah, was like, the Whiteside's not an NFL player. Rager's going to be like a good player. So. I yeah, get but, the Eagles fans use that as who's everyone passed on him. Yeah, but no, no, not everyone I'm, needed no, a wide receiver. I, I passed on him and needed a wide receiver. No, no, I, I hate them both. But I'm just saying, like this one, like is like going to be more significant in the end because like it was so clear cut. Take Justin Jefferson. I, it's just, oh. We picked Freddie Mitchell over Reggie Wayne. We picked Fourth and Freddie. What do you we mean? We picked Jordan Matthews over Devontae Adams. Hello. <laughs> like we picked Whiteside over Metcalf. I don't I think Rager's better than all the one all the Eagles players I listed, but like yeah. oh it's rough. Tough one. All right, number four. The only good pick we had was freaking Deshaun and Macklin. Yeah. Number four. Number of players who have more career postseason TDs than LeGarrette Blunt. He's got 12. The only players to have more postseason TDs are Jerry Rice with 22, Emmett Smith with 19, Franco Harris with 16, and Thurman Thomas also with 16. Shout out LeGarrette Blunt, who just called it uh, a career yesterday. Uh, the Bucks draft pick. I can't look. We we drafted a guy after he knocked out an opposing player on national TV cold. <laughs> Once we that took him over, yeah, we got one. If, if uh, we're still going to take, we got one after that. That was that was amazing. He he hats off to an amazing career, two time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots yeah. and the Eagles. Like shout out to that man, great career. Shout out, shout out, Bunt. I always remember him. He still is the my favorite soundbite of that whole season where we beat the Falcons and. He's like, oh, they thought it was gonna be a bye week. It is bye bye. Bye. That was my that was my favorite of the whole season. I love it. I love it. But shout out to Garrett Blunt. Let's get into the next one, number three. 
the number of number uh, the number of top ten picks the Philadelphia Eagles have had this century, and that hurt, is yo. three. And Lane Johnson was the most recent one. We're gonna have one. We're gonna have one this year. We're gonna have four. Uh, yep. I'll hey, take it. Better, honestly, would I rather awesome. see this team finish seven, eight, and one and get bounced in the first round? No, I, I'll, I'll take the ten. No, yeah, I'll take the ten. I would. No, you wouldn't. I would. Yeah, I, I want to prove. Hey, Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. I want to. I want to see good Bruce offense. I, I, I'm rooting for good no. offense. I'm not rooting against them. I'm rooting for good offense. Carl, Carl, I want you to use that quote every single time you can because I heard that Herm Edwards bite is just gold. Please play to win the game. <laughs> All right, number two. The number of NFC East QBs to beat a team with a winning record this year. It's not the two QBs you think it would be. It's Colt McCoy and Alex Smith. Yo, I put out my latest shaky baby video on, on Instagram today because the Seahawks, how you let Colt McCoy do that to you at home? How you come on, man? Like, come on, man. I was I did I wish I got to watch it. Well, actually, I don't, but I was out watching the Eagles game and I'm just checking the alerts. I'm like, wait, they're still winning? They're still winning. Oh, this score. What is that score? This score is so ugly. Yo, I was watching it. I was at my girlfriend's place, and my girlfriend's roommate is from Seattle. It's a Seahawks fan, so we're watching that game along with the Eagles game. And I'm like, this is, like can we turn this off? It's a really ugly game. I don't watch this anymore. This is just gross. Crazy. All right, last one, number one. The number of players to average 30-plus point, points per game in a season and miss the All-Star game that was Bradley Beal last season. He's getting some help in Washington. It's going to be like a... It's going to be like Gilbert Arenas, Karan Butler, Antoine Jameson. They're going to be really fun to watch. They're going to go 44 and 38 and lose in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Look, I'm not sure how Russ helps that team. That doesn't look like a team that Russ comes in and helps. I mean, that, he helps them. He makes him an eight seed. He can he make him an eight John seed. Wall hasn't played in two years. So now I, the team I guess. has to play in the playoffs. I, I, that's true, I guess. But we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, look, Brad Beal. That's that's a superstar in the making right there. I mean, he can't he can't miss another All Star game again, right? Like he, he just can't. Yeah, that was a robbery. That, that was terrible. But we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. We can get some shots about the buzzer. Kyle, got anything to say at the buzzer? Yeah, I just want to shout out to you guys for holding it down for me when I was taking my finals. Um, you guys did a great job, kept us intact, and I want to say that I have a fantasy basketball draft tonight. And it's going to be really hard not to take Terry Rozier in the first round. Oh, my God, dog. It's just so hard for me. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I got mine quickly. I got mine quickly. Uh, so, shout out to the QPR players. Uh, QPR played Millwall in soccer yesterday. Second second division of soccer. Uh, Millwall's fans are, are famously racist. They flew a White Lives Matter flag yeah. during the um, lockdown. First time fans are back. They booed QPR players for taking a knee during the national anthem. So the QPR scored in the 88th minute to tie the game and get the draw. And they celebrated by taking a knee in front of the Millwall fans who were there for the first time. Absolutely. Man. And we, we see a bunch of other soccer teams supported. PSG was a huge support of them the past two, the past two games. So, yes, shout out them for that. I'll make mine really quick, too, um, because I, I, I need tell me who I got to talk to at ESPN to get somebody fired. Tell, tell me who I got to talk to. Did you see this rankings list? Tell me who yeah. I gotta talk to. They, DeMar DeRozan at 82. Yeah. Russell Westbrook at 36. Kemba Walker at 48. But Zion is at 19. Who I gotta, they gotta talk get to? the clicks. Who they I gotta, gotta get to? the clicks? They, they, I mean, they, they, they also forgot the absolutely. Flyers. They listed like a potential division realignment and they forgot to list the Flyers as a team. <laughs> Someone at ESPN need to get fired for that list. That that's absolutely criminal. There's things you can do to get clicks and shake it up. Then it was just being blatantly wrong. And like forcing Zion in our face as his number one pick. I get it. He's the next big thing. But 19 and and a former MVP is at 36 of of, of first team all Middleton NBA. Middleton at 35 is rough too. Like what? Kemba's at 40. Kemba's in the 40s. Name me 47 players better than Kemba Walker. What? No. Did they Someone, miss no, 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 Terry Rozier too? I don't. I doubt Terry made it. I doubt. <laughs> nah, Terry made it. Like seriously, bro. Someone, someone need to get fired for that. But that's all the time we got for this episode of Straight Facts, man. It was a good one, an action-packed one today. Shout out my guys, Kyle Sirik and Stab Matt Robinson, always bringing us the facts. But for me, James Jackson, these have been the facts. Straight up.